Hello! From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today we're celebrating a dual-threat athlete on the tennis and basketball courts. Amidst collecting trophies and winning tournaments, she fought through early 20th century obstructions of race, class, and gender to become the first African-American female sports superstar. Meet the Queen of the Courts, Aura Washington. Aura Washington was born on January 23, 1898, in Caroline County, Virginia. She was the fifth of nine children. Her parents, James Thomas and Laura Young, owned a farm, but the economy was too poor to make much of a living. At 15 years old, Aura joined the estimated 6 million African Americans migrating from the South to the industrialized North. She settled in the Germantown neighborhood of Philadelphia with her Aunt Maddie and found work as a housekeeper. It's believed that Aura decided to take up tennis as a way to cope with the death of her sister. She spent many hours at the neighborhood Germantown YWCA, which was reserved for non-white women. Aura excelled at tennis from the beginning. But it wasn't until she was 25 that she began playing competitively. Tennis at the time was racially segregated. The United States Tennis Association banned black players from competing. In response, black professionals founded the American Tennis Association, the ATA, in 1916. It's the oldest black sports organization in the U.S. In Aura's second year of tournament play in 1925, she won her first national tournament in women's doubles at the ATA National Championship. For the subsequent 12 years, Aura would remain undefeated. She went on to win eight singles championships, 12 consecutive doubles titles, and three mixed doubles titles. She was so dominant that in 1931, the Chicago Defender wrote, Her superiority is so evident that her competitors are frequently beaten before the first ball crosses the net. Aura was dubbed the Queen of the Courts, but she ruled over more than just the tennis courts. In 1930, Aura began her professional basketball career during the tennis offseason. Back at the Germantown Y, where she'd first picked up a tennis racket, Aura joined the Germantown Hornets basketball team as the starting center. In her first year, she led the team to a national title, ending with a 22-1 record. In 1932, Aura was recruited to play for the Philadelphia Tribunes, a team sponsored by the city's oldest black newspaper, the Philadelphia Tribune. Due to their sponsors, the players were nicknamed the Newsgirls. The Tribune's dominance in their own league meant they occasionally competed against white teams and male teams, and they won. During Aura's 10-year period with the team, she was the leading scorer, carrying the Newsgirls to 10 straight Women's Colored Basketball World Championship titles. Aura had seemingly endless stamina and the ability to shoot with both hands. At a time when women's athletics were gaining mainstream popularity, 
Aura's career did not go unnoticed. She pioneered Black female athletic stardom. She pushed back against feminine ideals that society believed to be under threat during this rise in female athleticism. Instead of conforming, Aura stayed true to herself by never marrying, by wearing shorts instead of a long skirt on the tennis court, and by refusing to change her rugged appearance into something more feminine when she got off the court. Unable to deny Aura's athletic prowess, critics took shots at her physical appearance. Fortunately, the criticism didn't get in the way of her winning. Between tennis and basketball, Aura won 201 trophies. In 1938, Aura retired from singles tennis. That same year, tennis's glamour girl, Flora Lomax, entered the scene as the one to beat. So the next year, in 1939, Aura came out of retirement to specifically play Flora. Aura traveled to Buffalo to compete in the same tournament as Flora, beat her, and then decided to retire again. While Aura got her opportunity to beat Flora, she was not awarded the same chance to beat the USTA's leading white female athlete, Helen Willis Moody. Helen refused to play Aura. Despite not getting the opportunity to compete with the top white player, Aura's success was not questioned. It was actually her dominance that encouraged the Roosevelt administration to build hundreds of public tennis courts in primarily black and brown neighborhoods during the height of the Great Depression. These courts would be the ones on which tennis legends Arthur Ashe and Althea Gibson would learn the game. In fact, it was Althea Gibson who Aura played and beat in her final doubles title in 1947 before officially retiring from sports. American tennis didn't desegregate until the end of Aura's career and the beginning of Althea's in 1948. Due to this timing, Aura is not listed in the International Tennis Hall of Fame, despite her incredible accomplishments. She is in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, the Black Athletes Hall of Fame, and the Black Tennis Hall of Fame. After retiring, Aura disappeared from the spotlight and continued her work as a housekeeper, a job she had maintained throughout her athletic career. She was able to purchase an apartment where she lived quietly and comfortably until her death. Aura died 50 years ago today, on May 28, 1971, at the age of 73 in Philadelphia. Because of segregation, Aura is often forgotten in the tennis superstar pantheon. But take note, before there was Althea Gibson and Venus and Serena Williams, there was Aura Washington. All month, we're talking about Olympians. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.
Before you go, I want to tell you about another show I think you might like. The Waves, Slate's show about gender and feminism, has returned from hiatus with a new format. Each week, two hosts will chat about a topic they just can't stop thinking about, whether it's pop culture, politics, sports, or family. If you're thinking about it, they'll be talking about it. From ageism on Capitol Hill to Instagram influencers' lifestyles to how Trump leaving the White House has changed things. Join them for nuanced conversations about how gender affects us all. Check out The Waves wherever you get podcasts.